We are in a sermon series talking about our destiny, talking about 2013, talking about how to focus our lives. I mean, we're answering questions like, how do we separate the good from the best? Sometimes the good is the enemy of the best. How do we know what to set aside in our life? How do we know what to keep in our life? How do we know the best way to spend our time? How do we know the best way to spend our money? How do we know the best way to bring up our children, the best way to strengthen our marriage? How do we know how to live our life? How do we know how to prevent making the same mistakes over and over and over? Listen to this one. In this sermon series, we want to learn how to stop sabotaging our own success. Stop being the one because of toxic mindsets that you have. Stop being your own worst enemy and sabotaging your own success. We're looking in this sermon series at how to get to a place of peace in our life. How to get to a place of confidence in our life. As we look at our walk with the Lord, we're asking ourselves, how do I stop committing the same sins over and over again? How do I break through this cage that I find myself in emotionally? How do I I break out of this prison I've put myself in financially? And maybe you weren't altogether responsible for that. Maybe there were others responsible for you being in a cage emotionally or financially. How do I break out of uh, cages and places of bondage I've put myself in relationally, spiritually? That's number one, isn't it, where we are with God. How do I break out of the cage I've put myself in socially and psychologically in my mind? These cages... We've built for ourselves. And the reason we built these cages for ourselves, got inside them and locked the door, is because we decided to follow our own reasoning. We, fo- we decided to follow human wisdom. We decided to follow human reasoning rather than seeking God's presence in our life, rather than seeking God's power in our life and God's guidance from our Creator. You say, Pastor, how do you know so much about that? Because I'm guilty of that. I've done that. I've locked myself in many cages because I wanted to do it Farrell's way. I didn't want to do it God's way. I didn't even want to take the time to ask God about it. As a matter of fact, one of the biggest challenges I have is I want to look back and go, I did it that way before and it worked out fine, so I know it's going to work out fine if I do it the same way this time. How many of y'all know that's not always true? Do y'all remember in the life of Moses when God told him to strike the rock the first time and he struck the rock and he struck the rock and uh, water came from everywhere. (laughs) He struck the rock and water just flowed out of that rock. So he comes to another time in the history of Israel and they're thirsty again and God tells him don't strike the rock this time but what? Speak to it. But he didn't, did he? He did what he did the first time. Hey, it worked the first time. I'll do it the same way this time. That's how we got ourselves in a mess. Because we think we can put God in a box. 
And we think we can say God does it the same way every time. He doesn't do it the same way every time. And most of the time when he does things in different ways than he did in the past, it is to make sure you're listening and to make sure that you are following him. i got to tell you, I've got myself in some big messes because I thought my experience was more important than his guidance and his wisdom. He'll get you in trouble. Everything you do, everything you do, guys, go to him. Go to him. You say, man, pastor, I don't have time to... You know, just pray all the time. Yes, you do. Just whisper prayer. You don't, have to, you don't have to pray in the King James Version. You don't have to pray long. Just pray sincerely. Pray from your heart. Driving down the road. Keep your eyes open. Driving down the road. Father, I'm going to a meeting. I need your guidance in that meeting. I'm going to make a sale. Father, I need you to help me be the best I can be. I need to make this sale. I need, to, I need to, to land this account. And Father, I pray you go before me. Guys, do you know how your life would change if you would stop leaning on your own understanding and your own skills and your own gifts and your own abilities? They all come to you from God, but man, you need to bring them to him and submit them to him, lay them down at his feet and say, Lord, yes, you gave me these skills and these gifts, but God, they are the creation. You're the creator. My focus is on you as the creator. Use those gifts in me to be my best self for your glory. And the people said... Amen. That's good stuff right there. My dad's here today. Thanks, Dad. Okay. Hey, man, don't let him intimidate you. Keep clapping. In this series, I want to help you get right with God. I want to help you get right with God so he can guide you in making some lists. You making your lists? Calm down, everybody. Y'all making that list? Because I'm going to tell you something, if you come whining to me in 2013, first thing I'm going to ask for is your list. Well, I don't have a list. Go, go home. Do not take up my time and make a list. That's going to be my counseling advice in 2013. Get on your face, get on your knees, and begin to cry out to God and say, God, help me make my list. You say, I can't remember what you said about that. That's why we take this stuff. Because y'all ain't listening half the time. Go back and listen to part one. Go back and listen to part two. This morning you're hearing part three. I'm telling you, this is from God to me. This is from God to you. So you got to make some lists, write down some goals. I'm not writing down the wrong goal. Well, it's better writing down no goals. Because if you write down the wrong goal and you love Jesus and Jesus loves you, guess what's going to happen? He's going to say, wrong goal. Delete that. We don't do anything sometimes because we think we're going to do the wrong thing. Just do something. And then say, Lord, bring correction. Show me if that's wrong, if that's a wrong desire. I want to help you make some plans for your life. Now, guys, I'm telling you right now, 
you're going to get tired of me talking about it in 2013. Some of you are doing the same stuff over and over and over again every year, and you're in the same mess you're always in, and you're always wanting counsel. I'm, I'm not trying to be harsh on anybody today, but you've got to change what you're doing. You've got to change how you're thinking. You've got to change your relationship with God. You cannot keep doing the same things over and over and over again and expect your life to be different. It's not going to be different. It's going to be the same. I want you to get on your knees and pray and ask God to give you some strategies for yourself, some strategies for your family. As your pastor, I want your life as a Christian to be more meaningful. As a dad, as a mom, as a husband, as a wife, as a teenager, a student in this world, I want your life to be more successful and significant. And as your pastor, I want to remind you that I'm joining you in this process. I've got my list going. I've got my list going. I've already wrote down some things and had to erase some things. Because as I get closer to God and I pray more and I get in the Bible more, he has me move stuff around. He has me say, let's do that later. This needs to be a priority right now. Not only will he give you a list, but he'll prioritize that list for you. I'm telling you, God is just waiting for you to ask him for some help with your life. So we're studying Genesis 24. Genesis 24. I told you um, a couple of weeks ago that this is one of those great chapters in the Bible that uh, uh, talks about, um, you know, what to, do, what to do to get a dream, what to do to get your dream fulfilled, your vision fulfilled, the goals for your life fulfilled. The word success is in there five times. Abraham's leaning on God's promise for him. He's heard a promise from God that he would be the father of a great nation. One day he looks around and his son Isaac, the only son he's got, Isaac, the only son he's got that came from God's will in his life is Isaac. And Isaac don't even have a girlfriend, much less a wife, much less any children. So he's going, I I don't know how I'm going to be the father of a great nation if we don't get Isaac married. So he calls Eleazar in. And he says, I want to get serious about getting a wife for my son. I want you to go back to Iraq because that's where I'm from. He says, I want you to find a wife for Isaac. And so the passage that we're studying has huge implications for you. It has huge application for you, for all of us, because in this mission, Eleazar does nine things we need to do to fulfill our goals and reach our dream and see our vision become a reality and make the next year the best year of our life. Now, I want you to think about something. I've mentioned this a couple times. I don't want you to miss this. Here's what I believe God is, God is ready to do, and I believe God is capable of doing. I believe that 2013 can be the best year you've ever had in your life. I don't care what the news people are saying. I don't care what Wall Street is saying. I don't care what you're hearing, all this negativity, negativity, negativity. I'm talking from a God perspective here. I believe 2013 can be the best year you've ever had in your life. Here's what I also believe. I also believe that God is speaking into this church, that 2013 can not only be the best year, but it can be a foundational year to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Who receives that right there in the name of Jesus? I receive that right there. I want 2013 to be my best year, and I want it to be a foundation so that I will think differently the rest of my life than I've thought in the past. Amen, amen, amen. Stinking thinking. 
We want to get some Bible thinking up in your, up in your head because I know there's plenty of room up there for it. Step number one, step number one, determine where you are right now. you got to ask yourself two questions. Where am I now? you got to be honest about that. Where am I financially? Where am I emotionally? Where am I in my marriage? Where am I most of all? Number one, what's number one? Spiritually. Where am I with God? And then say, what have I got to change to be where I want to be in my marriage? What have I got to change to be where I want to be financially? What have I got to change to be where I want to be up in here? How do I get this renewing of my mind that I am promised in the book of Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2? How do I get this renewing of my mind? God promises you the renewing of your mind. You've got to begin to pray for that. Claim that promise and say, it's mine. God said I can have a new way of thinking. God, I'm telling you, i got to believe that that's going to be at the top of just about everybody's list for 2013. Because what messes me up is how I perceive and how I think about things. The way I think about things sometimes gets me discouraged. Because I'm seeing it through the lens of my ability. I'm seeing it through the lens of past failure. I'm seeing it through the lens of my past. Listen, I'm telling you, God can make you into a new you. A new you. Where you're not that person who kept dropping the ball all these years in the past. You say, but I'm 60 years old. Mm, you're old. Okay, you say, I'm 60 years I'm almost there. Listen, it doesn't matter where you are. He can make the rest of your life the best of your life. So where am I now? What have I got to do to get where I want to be? What have I got to change? Change. Number two, you got to then make your list and put down exactly what you want. Put down what you want. You say, oh, that sounds selfish. But you know we looked at that scripture that said, if you delight in the Lord first, what does that mean? Get right with God. Get your heart aligned with God's heart. He says, where was that scripture at? It was in uh, Psalm uh, 37, 4. Was that it? Hold on, I got it here somewhere. Boy, this is a long sermon. Psalm 37, 4, yeah. Psalm 37, 4. He said, if you will get right with me, align your life with me, align your life with me, then my heart and your heart will be lined up together. And when you ask me for something, you're going to be a whole lot more likely to get a yes from me because you're walking where you ought to walk with me. So, you know, the Bible talks about the mind of Christ being where? Being where? Say it. In us. Lord, let your mind be in me. Let me love what you love, not love what you don't love. Let me, and I know this is strong language for our sensitive day that we live in, but I want to hate what you hate. Give me your mind. Describe what you want. Write it down. You say, but what if I write something down and God doesn't want me to have it? Here's what's going to happen. You're going to get struck by a bolt of lightning. So be careful. That is false teaching right there. I just did. He is your daddy. He's going to do the same thing you, my daddy, did with me. When I said, Daddy, can I have that? My daddy, if he didn't want me to have it, my daddy didn't look at me and go, You are no longer my son. Do not come back home with me. Stay here. 
Stay out of my house. I cannot believe you asked me for that. Here's what my daddy did when we would be in a store and I would ask him for something. He didn't want me to have it. Here's what my daddy would say. Get ready. Here it is. Here it is. Here's what God will say. He will say, mm -mm. Because some of you all think if you ask God for something and he doesn't want you to have it, he is going to just be so hurt and so disappointed that you are so selfish. No, he already knows you're selfish. So when you start asking for stuff he doesn't want you to have, he'll just go, I, I don't want that. You won't feel good about it. You won't feel good about that thing on your list. I mean, I've had Corvette up there for 15 years. See, I'm 56 years old. Corvettes are still very cool to me. You will never reach a vague goal. Don't write down, I want to be a better person. We all want that for you. We have to be with you. We're all, we all got that on our list. <laughs> be specific. First you say, God... What are you telling me to go for in my life? What are you telling me to go for? What are you telling me to go for? You say, well, sometimes I don't know. Well, just write it down. Number two, God, why? Why? I mean, if you're telling me to put that on my list, why? Third, how does God want me to go about accomplishing it? If you're going to set specific goals, you need to ask yourself four questions. Number one, what do I want to be? Number two, what do I want to do? What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to be? What do you want to do? Put it down there. But God might not like it. Put it down there. What do I want to have? We used to sing a song back in old days. Just a little cabin in the corner of glory land. Do you all remember that song? I just, nobody remembers that song. That's an old song. Moses wrote that song. <laughs> Actually, Moses didn't write that song because he knew better than that, too. But I remember a song when I was a little boy. I mean, old church, man. I just want a cabin in the corner of glory land. That's, that's, bad, that's bad theology right there. God never said anything about you having something like that. Now, in John 14, he said, I go to prepare a place for you, and I'll go to prepare a place for you because in my Father's house are many. Man, I'm just saying what he said. So what do you want to be? What do you want to do? What do you want to have? And then you've got to answer, why do I want it? Motive trumps method. Motive trumps method. Why you want something is more important than how you get something. As a matter of fact, if you'll pray, God will give you the what. When God gives you the what, then you ask him why. When he gives you the why and you understand that, then he'll show you the how. If you don't know why you have a particular goal, you don't know why you wrote down that thing on your list for your life, then, then if you don't let God give you the why, you're going to give up when it gets tough, and it's going to get tough. Pursuing your dreams, pursuing your goals, pursuing your vision for your life is going to have some hard times in it. It's going to be some tough times in it, and if you don't understand why that's on your list, you'll give up. The other reason that you need to understand why is because that's, it's right after that that God shows you how. Because what we want to do is put the how first. We, we, we sense God putting something on our heart as a vision for our life, 
And then all of a sudden, while we're writing it down, the devil's going, you can't do that. So you start thinking about all the problems you're going to have if you put that on your list. And God says, don't start Don't start with the problem-solving process. Start with the decision process. Make some decisions and put it down. God says, and then when I put the why in your heart, then I'll also give you the how. Does that make sense? So in Genesis 24, 3 through 4, Abraham, and I'm not going to read that to you. You can read this chapter on your own. I'll give you a couple verses here and there, but... but, um, Abraham defines and describes to Eleazar specifically what he wants and what he does not want. Now let's look at step three. Let's look at step three. Here's here's the next thing you got to do. You say, Pastor, there's nine of these things and you're on three. Well, we made an executive decision at staff meeting that this series is going to go through January. Are you all okay with that? Because I just feel like we need to really get this down. So we're going to take this whole series through January. September 3rd, uh, September 3rd, step three. (laughs) Wow. Let me get some water. Step three. (laughs) You got to go to the Bible. Now, we talked about praying. We talked about praying so that that you're talking to God. You're talking to God. You're saying, God, I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. Well, I want to tell you that most of the time, God is going to speak to you through the Scriptures. Through the Scriptures. I know people who want to ignore the Scriptures and get a word from Jesus. Well, he's got a word for you. It's in the Word. And anything anybody comes up to you and says, God told me to tell you, it has to match the Word. Or God didn't tell them to tell you that. So you got to go to the Word of God and discover a promise from God. Did you know that in the Bible there are over 7,000 promises? Over 7,000 promises in the Word of God to you. God says, if you do this, I'll do this. If you do this, I'll do this. Promises of security. Promises of safety and daily provision. There are promises in the Bible of prosperity and success and stability and strength and wisdom and joy. There are promises in the Bible to you of power, of his presence, of his peace, and on and on and on. And this may sound like I'm overstating it when I say what I'm about to say, but I'm telling you that the promises of God are much like checks that you need to just claim and cash. Now, that's hard to say amen to that, because I know what that sounds like. Sounds like some of those glory boys on TV saying, if you'll send me a big offering, you're going to be rich. I'm not saying that to you. What I'm saying to you is when you, when you read in the Word of God promises that are, that are to you, stop saying these are for somebody else. These are for, they're for you. They're for you. They're for you, they're for you, they're for you, they're for you. You don't know what I did last night. Doesn't matter what you did last night. If you get yourself aligned with God, those promises will come true for you. He said, when you start delighting in me and stop delighting in illicit sex, 
When you start delighting in me and stop delighting in alcohol, when you start delighting in me and stop delighting in drugs, when you start delighting in me and stop delighting in money, when you start delighting in me and stop delighting in position and power and prominence in the community, when you find your delight just in me, he said, ask the what you will and I will give you the desires of your heart. Why? Because our hearts align with God so the things we're asking for are his will. Are y'all with me out there? Does that make sense? Most people go through life never claiming any of the promises God's spoken in his word. Because you think they're for somebody else. You see somebody like Pastor Farrell or you see somebody real spiritual like Pastor Andy. (laughs) And you think they're for those guys. These promises aren't for me. That is a lie from the enemy. The same promises that are to Billy Graham are to you. The same promises in the word of God that were to Paul are to you. The same promises in the word of God that were to the disciples are to you. These promises are to you. Have you ever thought about this? Why in the world does God make all these promises in the Bible if he doesn't want you to claim them? Why are they there? Why are all these promises there? Here's why. Because he wants, listen, he wants you to read them and trust him. He wants you to read them and trust him. Any father understands this. As daddies, we want our children to trust us. It would break your heart if you went to put your little children to bed and they were crying and you looked at them and said, why are you crying? And they said, well, I I just am worried about um, if there's going to be food tomorrow. And you would say, honey, Do not worry about daddy's going, you're going to get fed tomorrow. But we treat our daddy like that all the time. We treat our daddy like that and it would break our heart if our children laid awake at night weeping in their little beds crying and saying, I don't know if we're going to eat tomorrow. I don't know if I'm going to have, it's going to be real cold tomorrow and I don't know if the house will be warm and I you, you don't want your children worrying about that. And God doesn't want his children fretting. Nothing brings me greater happiness. Nothing brings you greater happiness or pleasure or greater joy. And my boys are grown now, but I even love to hear it now when they say, if you say so, Daddy, I believe it. I trust you, Daddy. I don't understand, Dad, why that's so important. But you know what? It doesn't make a lot of sense what you're asking me to do and what you're asking me to stay away from. But, Daddy, I trust you. I trust your wisdom. Our Father wants to hear that from us. Our Daddy God wants to hear that from us. Here's the process. Listen, here it is. Here's the process. God makes promises to us in his word. Then we read his word and become aware of those promises. Then we believe what we read. Y'all with me? Then we act on what we read and believe. We act on them because we trust him. And then he rewards us for trusting him and obeying him. It really is not rocket science. Let me do do that again. God promises us in his word. We read his word so we become aware of those promises. Then we believe what he said. Then we act on those promises because we do believe him and we do trust him. And then when he sees us reading and trusting and believing and claiming those promises that he gave to us, over 7,000 of them in the Bible, then he rewards us for our faith. He rewards us for our obedience. He rewards us for our trust in him. 
So let me give you a three-step process real quick. Number one, you've got to look at your list. And if you don't have a list, mm Because -hmm. I'm telling you, in 2013, if I hear, nyeh, 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 I'm going to go, where's your list? I don't have a list. Get a list. Make a list. Write down some goals. Write down a vision for your life. Write down the kind of daddy you want to be, the kind of mom you want to be. Write down the kind of relationship you want to have in your marriage. Write down what you want in your life. Be very specific. I mean, Abraham was very specific. He said, I want a Canaanite girl. He said, I want you to go back to Iraq and get her. He said, and I want you to bring her back here. I don't want a girl from, uh, or I don't want a Canaanite girl. I want, an, uh, I want a girl in Iraq. I want you to get, I want you to bring her back. I want you to and he was very specific God wants you to be specific do y'all remember the circle maker you need to get that book back out read it again read it again you say well I, I don't have one of those sheets with circles make one You would be surprised at the, at the stuff I hear. I go, so are, are you still praying your circles? I, I lost the sheep. About to take you out. So you look at your list, make your list. Then you go to the Bible and find some of those 7,000 promises, and you come back and match them to your list. All right, I'm going to go ahead and do this guy. <laughs> I don't know much about the Bible. Do you know they make a Bible for you? Do you know there is a Bible that is nothing except the promises? It's just a book, and all it has in it is every promise of the Bible. Get you one. And start reading the promises. It's like you buying a brand new Cadillac and you riding around with the windows down because you don't know how to run the air conditioner. Get the book out. Y'all, I've told this story so many times. A little boy bought him a ticket. He wanted to go over to, uh, he wanted to go from Europe to the United States. He bought him a ticket and got on the Got on the ship, you know, it was back in the old days when the airplanes, he got on the boat and he had him a little bag full of crackers. And I mean, they're on the sea for a couple of weeks getting across and he's peeping in the window at all the people sitting in the dining room and they're eating all these lavish meals and he's eating his little crackers trying to make it to America. And when they get to the shore, he gets off the boat and goes, man, I'm so glad we're here. I'm about to starve. That man said, you know, on the back of your ticket, it told you that all the meals are included in the trip. And some of y'all are going through life eating scraps because you haven't read the book. And you think you're being humble. Mm. So get a book of promises. You say, I don't have money to buy a book. Get online. I can't get, come here and get online. I'm trying to help you. There's websites, free promises. 
listing the promises of God. Study them. Make your list. Put your promises next to the list. And go, I'm, I'm putting this scripture next to this thing I've written down on my list. This is the promise of God that matches this. And then the third thing we do is we believe those promises, trust them, and obey them. We act on them and live our lives according to the promises. And all of a sudden, the dream that we wrote down on our list starts coming true. Now, don't focus on the problems you have or might have. This is a big problem. You start talking to people about their dreams and visions, they start telling you why they've done that before and it didn't work. There's going to be problems in reaching your goal, but you have to focus on the promise, not the problem. You have to focus on the provision, not the problem. You have to focus on the covenant God has made with you and not the problem. You're going to have problems. You're going to have setbacks. You're going to have pitfalls. You're going to have sharp hairpin curves in the journey of life. You're going to have, you're going to run off the road. There are going to be um, potholes in the road. Don't focus on what you don't have. That is a major problem for some of us here today is we're always talking about what we don't have. We come with a, with a, 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 a mentality of what we lack. We, we approach everything in our life with a mentality of what we lack. God says stop doing that. We focus on our current problems, and then we reach into tomorrow and pull possible problems. I mean, you know, something bad can happen. So we reach into tomorrow, and we pull it back into today. The Bible says your body wasn't even made to handle the troubles for tomorrow. Your body's made. It says your frame is only made to handle the troubles for today. Don't reach into tomorrow. You're putting too much on your frame. That's why we have breakdowns and stuff bad I'm not picking on anybody here but I'm telling you a lot of us if we could just get in the word of God a lot of us would be able to get off some medication we're on did I say that out loud I'm just saying man look I'm talking about me I'm talking about me I think if I trust God more I might be able to get off some blood pressure medicine I'm on I don't know I might be able to if I quit trusting feral I'm not saying God's going to do that for every single person. I, I'm not up here saying this is a blanket thing, but it, I think it would be amazing to us as to what would happen in our life if we started trusting God's promises. Don't focus on the barriers, the obstacles, the roadblocks to reaching your dreams. You'll never be filled, or, or, you'll, or you'll just be filled with fear, and you, you will never come to a place where your dreams become reality. See, Eleazar was nervous. We talked about it last week, Genesis uh, 24, 5. He started saying, what if she's unwilling to come? I mean, she doesn't, she doesn't know anything about us. She's in Iraq. She might not want to come here, and, and she doesn't know me, and she might not want to come back because she doesn't know me. And then she might uh, not want to know what's in our land. I might tell her she might not like it. And, and then I'm asking her to marry somebody she never saw. Abraham said, Hush! I'm sure Eleazar said, but I'm concerned about these things because they sound like pretty awesome questions, don't they? Here's what Abraham says. It's in, it's in uh, Genesis 24, 7. Look at this. He says, Eleazar, the Lord brought me out, or the Lord brought me from the land of my relatives 
to this land. And he solemnly, solemnly promised that he would give this land to my descendants. So he will send his angel before you. So will you quit worrying, Eleazar? Because he's going to send an angel ahead of you so that you can get a wife there for my son. And I know what you're sitting out there thinking. You're thinking, well, I mean, if God would send an angel, we got something better than an angel. God said he'd be with us. God said he'd never leave us. He'd never forsake us. He said he would be with us. Please start writing down your goals. Please get on your knees in prayer. Please start writing down your vision, your dream for your life. You know what? We're not going to have any music this morning. I want you to just bow your head right there where you are. Just bow your head. Guys, if you'll bring the house lights down so we won't be distracted, just bow your head right there where you are. Can I just pray for you? Just pray over you? There you go. Good. Thank you. Father, we, um, if we're not careful, we're going to hear this sermon series, and in a month after it's over, we're going to forget it. We talk about how we want our life to be different. We talk about how we don't want to live like we're living, how we can't keep living like we're living. People come to me all the time saying, I just can't go on, I just can't go on. But they won't, they don't do anything different. They don't do anything different than they were doing. I pray, Father, for every person in this building today. I pray for every person in this building today that they will decide. I mean, I can't make them. I can't make them do it. I can't make anybody do this. I... When I'm studying and preaching, I'm seeing people in my mind. I'm seeing people that I know are broken, people that I know are hurting, people that I know feel like they're in a, in a, in a pit. They feel like they're in a cage. And I talk to them over and over and over, and my heart breaks for them because my advice is the same every time, yet they still keep coming back with the same stuff. God, help us see we've got to change something. We've got to get serious about our prayer life. We've got to get serious about finding out what the promises of God are in the Word of God for us. We've got to sit down and turn the TV off, and turn the computer off, and turn everything off, and pray, and make that list, and hold it up to you every morning and say, God, help me be the man you want me to be. Help me be the woman. Help me be the student you want me to be. God, I am tired of making the same mistakes. I am tired of sabotaging my own happiness. There are people sitting here right now who need to say, come into my life, Lord. I'm running from you. I'm running from you. Some of you sitting here this morning, you're running from God. Stop it. 
Stop running from him. You don't know what I've done. You're letting the enemy condemn you. Bring your failures, bring your faults, bring your sins to Jesus and let him throw them into the sea of forgetfulness and get over it and move on in your life and be who God made you to be. No more excuses. No more what if, but what if, Pastor? I know, I know, Pastor, but what? No more of that. It's time to trust God. It's time to trust Him every day, not just Sunday, not just Wednesday night, not just maybe Thursday or Saturday night in our other worship services. But every day, every day, coming to Jesus saying, Lord, I want to give you my whole heart, my whole heart, my whole heart. The Bible says you will seek after me and you will find me when you seek after me with your whole heart. You will seek after me and find me when you seek for me with all that's in you. Quit playing games. Quit pretending you're seeking after me with your whole heart. And in and in this day and every day after it, pursue me as you've never pursued me before. And I will make my promises come true in your life. Stop faking being committed and come to me. Stop being committed in public but not committed in private. Stop it. Get real. Get serious. Stop playing games. Make that list. Hold it up to me in prayer. And your life dream will come true. And you will have peace as you've never known it and joy as you've never known it. And your marriage will be like you never thought it could be. And you can get out of debt. And you can get out of these cages you have built yourself, built for yourself, and locked yourself up in. But you've got to get real with me. God's saying you've got to get real with me and quit playing church. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I love you guys. God bless you. Thank you for being here today.